You know, I get the question all the time. Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be 100%, pal. You know you can do better than 100% interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house if you already have a house, but you think, you know what? It's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Come be a part of the greatest stable since the four horsemen. Adfreeshows.com is your home for Arn and all of my other podcasts. And you get every episode from all the shows early, ad-free, and on video for as low as $9 a month. That's just 30 cents a day. Want to add cheese to that Whopper? Adfreeshows.com also has tons of exclusive Arn bonus content, like reliving the very first War Games match, or watching back a landmark moment in Arn's career, pinning Hulk Hogan 1-2-3 on Nitro. We also have interactive events where you get to chat one-on-one with Arn during Ask Arn Live, or how about live watch-along events like we did with FTR and Tully. Uh, of course, Arn is not one to toot his own horn, so I will toot-toot. Adfreeshows.com is the best value going in wrestling today. So sign up today or else. Maybe we should have a gun sound effect here. I'm just kidding. Adfreeshows.com. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hello and welcome to ARN. 
This is Paul Bromwell, and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster, the Enforcer. He's Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you today, my friend? Hello, Paul. Again, thanks for last week. I had a lot of fun. Hope you did. Look forward to this week. Arn, I absolutely had a lot of fun. This is, man, 10 years old. The September, I would be turning. I would be turning 10 September of 87. I believe September is your birth month as well, right, Arn? Before we get into that, I'm dropping a flag on you on that 10-year-old BS. <laughs> that's not funny. Uh, yes, yeah, September the 20th. So that's a good month. You were se- I was September 18th. I turned 10. And on September the 20th, you would turn, I think, 29. You were still in your 20s, sir. So there you go. Not funny. Okay. Too much well, of too much of Conrad is rubbed off on you. <laughs> well, listen, man, this was a good time for wrestling, a good time to be a kid and a fan of wrestling. Jim Cock- Crockett Promotions was on my television, and you and Telly Blanchard and the Four Horsemen were the coolest thing to watch on my television on Saturdays. And uh, last time we got together, we talked about August of 87. And uh, so that's really what sets the stage for this show. You and Telly are feuding with the tag champs, the Rock and Roll Express, working with them for most of the month of August at the top of the card. And in the words of our friend and colleague here at Ad Free Shows, Jim Ross, business has picked up uh, in 1987. And we're going to see that here more of this month, more of the same in September. You guys are embroiled in a bitter feud with Morton and Gibson. And we're going to kick it off September 1st and 2nd. The UWF ran shows in Shreveport at Hirsch Coliseum and the Cajun Dome in New Orleans, respectively. Jim Crockett was not represented at either of these shows, but instead only the members of the UWF. JCP would run a show on September 3rd in Biloxi, but the only match noted in our results was Dusty versus Flair. So maybe you and Tully enjoyed a couple days off. Who knows? But you guys were back together in full force at the Richmond Coliseum with 7,000 in attendance. It's Arn, it's Tully, and you're taking on the Rock and Roll Express in a losing effort with uh, when Ricky Morton pinned Tully Blanchard. Luger would take on Jimmy Garvin for the U.S. title at the Richmond Coliseum, and Flair continued his program with Garvin. And on this night, they wrestled a two out of three uh, falls match. Flair took the first fall with his feet on the ropes. Garvin wins fall number two with the knockout punch. And Flair won the third fall at around the 40-minute mark when he held off J.J. for leverage following a sunset flip attempt. And we're going to move on to Worldwide. It's the following day. It's September 5th. And uh, you took on Mike Jackson, defeating him with the spine buster, my friend. And after the match, Shivani interviews you and Telly and J.J. at the desk. Let's kick this show off this week with a fun little clip from that taping. Here we go combination of Arn Anderson, Dolly Blanchard, two great wins right here on television on the Super Bowl. You know, Tony Schiavone, I was out there mopping the mat with that newcomer that wants to make himself something in professional wrestling. All these people over here screaming, where's your belt? Nikita does it better. Well, I guess he does, you know. Nikita Koloff, Barry Windham slips him a foreign object, boom, knocks me out first time in my life. He does it better than I do. He cheats better than I do. But, you know, I'm not going to stand up here like everybody else and talk about spilt milk. Nikita Koloff, you're one up on me. That's all I'm going to say about it. But, you know, 
when you talk about being one up on Kelly Blanchard or any one of the four horsemen, you go ask uh, the other half of the superpowers, Dusty Rhodes, what it's like to be one up on Kelly Blanchard. And how long did he actually stay one up before I got even? Nikita Koloff, you think I'm going to take this laying down and I'm not going to have my championship back. My friend, you are sadly mistaken. A word of advice, go to bed, sleep with it at night. Hold on to it real tight because Nikita Koloff, it's not going to be around your waist very, very long because I am destined to go down in the record books as the greatest world television champion of all time. And with this man right here, who you saw take a great grappler, Mike Jackson, and give him that big belly-to-belly -belly smash. One, two, three on national television. He and I are going to be, because we say so, the world's tag team champion. You ever heard of a warm-up? You ever heard of sparring? Sparring's not going for the knockout. Right away, Mike Jackson, what I did with you was have a warm-up. You see, you're the same size, the same speed, same thinking as the Rock and Roll Express. Duck this, over this, under this. You're elusive, you're quick. So what I did was set my mind thinking of Gibson Morton, and I took my spot out on you. Rock and Roll, there's not a man on God's green earth that knows more about wrestling, tag team style, than an Anderson. Check the record book. Seven long years, Anderson's held the world tag team titles. For Rock and Roll, in a cage, whether it's Greensboro or wherever. Remember one thing, the tag team wrestling scene will be part of the four horsemen's reign, and I said it because I'm in horsemen. The consummate wrestler act on the continent today. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast. Part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The real estate market is hotter than ever. And if you're a realtor or builder, I need your help fast. Check out conradreferrals.com for more information. So by now, you know that everybody on my side of the fence, man, we love us a magic spoon, but maybe nobody more than Arn Anderson. You see, Arn's been rocking magic spoon for years now. And he was so excited when I told him about the new flavors. He said, I'll take maple waffle. You see, here's what Arn and I know that growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but then eventually we give it up because we realize it's full of sugar and junk. We shouldn't be eating. But Arn and I know magic spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. That's only 140 calories a serving. That's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. But maybe best of all, you can build your own box. Now, the available flavors to build your own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies, and cream, and Arn's favorite, the maple waffle. Now, me, myself, I discovered that, uh, well, Dave Silva is a genius. If you combine cocoa and peanut butter, it tastes just like a peanut butter cup. 
Go to magicspoon.com forward slash ARN to grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use the promo code ARN at checkout to save $5 off your order. And by the way, Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash ARN and use the promo code ARN to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. And take it from ARN, he'll take maple waffle. It's been your pleasure. Shivani, that's going to be my theme of this show. Uh, so a few things here. First of all, as Connor would say, a lot to unpack. First of all, that Carolina blue horseman jacket, that was sharp. Shameless plug. Something tells me we were gifted those probably that particular day. So that's a gorgeous looking coat. Now you're talking about Mike Jackson, who you just whipped his tail in the ring. He's, he's an enhancement talent. He's still around. I think Mike Jackson still wrestles to this day, which is incredible. You're right. He does. I, I just saw him at WrestleCade, but in this promo, you compared him to the members of the rock and roll express and you successfully put him rock and roll and yourself all over in just that one promo. Is this something that's lost in the modern era of wrestling? I mean, there aren't traditional, you know, enhancement matches, but what I mean is going out of the way, uh, out of your way to make the opponent look strong. In this case, you did that. Well, if you took a talented guy out there and you just ate him up, no one knew he was talented. So who did you beat? You didn't beat anybody. Right. But if you made this guy not only look like he belonged on our television show, but as a part of the business in general, then it was a much bigger win. And Mike Jackson, to this day, who I believe is 70 years old, mm. still drop kicks, still leapfrogs, can still wrestle. And at that time, the guy was very, very talented. So it just made sense. I was always a big proponent of if warranted, if you had an opponent that just was not necessarily positioned to be a top guy or even a middle guy, but an underneath guy with talent. And if you didn't recognize that, I think you cheated yourself out of beating a bigger opponent. Well, Arn, you had Flair and Luger. They joined at the end of the promo. Didn't necessarily add anything to this particular one, but the images of the various incarnations of the horsemen at that desk are ingrained in all our memories. Would this be the reason to get the sh you know the shot of the whole faction together at that desk? Do you think that was kind of the, the reason there? <clears throat> we always said this, but not every week, but periodically, just to remind everybody, you know, we were it was the horsemen in this era against everybody. Good guys, bad guys. We felt that it was us against the rest of the guys in the company because if you were in an angle with a horseman you got a win over a horseman that was as big as it got. You know, we talked about beating the Road Warriors last week on that show. What a huge deal it was. Well, if you caught a, you know, if you were a guy, it, it, if you say we were Jimmy Garvin, and then some, you know, some arenas, some nights, Jimmy Garvin, Jimmy Garvin would have been a heel, some he would have been a babyface. But if he caught a win over a Tully Blanchard or a Lex Luger or an Arn Anderson, that was huge. Yeah. So, you, you know, uh, we always said it was us against everybody else, and that was kind of the theme. 
Well, Lauren, following that TV taping, the crew traveled to the Civic Center in Philadelphia. 3,200 people were in attendance for the show. And Philly's a raucous town, man. I mean, hey, listen, they booed Santa Claus. We still hear it to this day. <laughs> and, and uh, But 3,200 seems light for an important wrestling town. Do you think it might have been the fact that it was Labor Day weekend? Or any thoughts you can share about Philly or the Civic Center in general? So this was on Labor Day? That's correct. Evening show? Evening show, uh, yeah, yep. Which made sense because anybody that was out doing stuff during the day, <clears throat> they would have been over with. Now you've got the night, and uh, what better than to go see the horseman? There you go. Well, of note, Flair took on Garvin, and the match was placed towards the middle of the card at this show. They used the same finish with the failed attempt of the sunset flip by Garvin, thwarted by Flair holding on to J uh, James J. Dillon to keep from falling uh, to the move. About the match placement here, though, how common was it for Rick to appear in the middle of the car as opposed to closing the show down? And that was an evening show, so there was no place we needed to be, correct? That's correct. There wasn't another show anywhere else, like another evening show somewhere? Actually, this would be part of a double shot. Um, you would end up going to Baltimore Civic Center, so this was not an evening show. This was an afternoon show with going to Baltimore after this. The, well, then the reasoning was... You had to get him on a plane and get him there for the main event in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So that's how you did it. You would put probably uh, the horseman on the first half of the show, get him out to the airport, get him on that jet. And if it was from Philly to Baltimore. Yeah, right down 95. That's about two minutes in the air. Yeah. I mean, it's right there. So that, that was the reasoning with that. And, and amazing that you could – actually have you know two major markets that close together and both of them doing incredible business so you're gonna you're gonna hear something a little bit entertaining here as far as what goes down on this particular particular night so in the main event of this philadelphia show you and tully defeated the rock and roll express when morton pinned tully okay so more of the same there but later that evening evening in baltimore the whole crew traveled to the Civic Center. 9,000 people are there for this one. And an interesting fact noted by the guys over at the history of WWE.com, the preliminary matches were drawn out to allow time for NWA world champion Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and James J. Dillon to arrive from Philly. The main event didn't start until after 11.30 p.m., do you have any recollection as to why all of you would have been so late arriving to Baltimore from Philly? Oh, Lord. Okay, well. That was a moment in time, I'm sure. I'm sure Flair had to take a bubble bath between shows. <laughs> if I was Something like that. If I was guessing, it could have been a logistics on a, um, a slot for the private plane to be able to take off. It could have been... Any number of things, but uh, what was the main event in Baltimore on the show? So here we go. Here's the rundown of the card, and this is just goes to show the talent level in Jim Crockett in September of, 87, uh, of 87. Here's the card. Ready? You had Ron Simmons defeating the Barbarian. You had the U.S. Tag Champs, the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane defeating Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner. Okay. Then you had Sting and gentleman Chris Adams defeating the UWF TV champion Terry Taylor and Rick Steiner. We're, just, we're not done. You had the Western States Heritage, your favorite prestigious championship, Barry Windham pinning Eddie Gilbert. 
you had the UWF world champion Steve Dr. Death Williams defeating Ivan Koloff. You had Nikita, the NWA TV champion. Okay. He fought Lex Luger to a draw. Best two out of three falls match after the 42 minute mark. Okay, let's stop right there for just a minute. Nikita and Lex in two out of three falls that goes to a draw after 40-plus minutes. Arn, this is incredible. <laughs> it's an amazing amount of trust for two guys that are not necessarily known for their work and try to keep the audience engaged in this live event. But, I mean, I guess they would have probably had to have an audible call because you guys aren't there yet. Sounds like they were stretching, and that already, I think I heard about 10 matches. Uh, yeah, it's a loaded card. Oh, my God. I mean, they were all very good matches, good matchups, but Lord. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue Shoe can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. And you can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluechew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And with Bluechew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman. Because when your package has arrived, um, <clears throat> your package has arrived. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. The promo code is ARN to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. And you might've actually been late for a good reason, because in the main event of that show, it's dusty roads and the road warriors defeating you Tully and Rick in a steel cage match when road warrior animal pen Tully Blanchard. So let's talk about this, a six man steel cage match. That would seem like it would be difficult to work, but you guys did it a lot in those days. Do you have any thoughts or any memories about these types of matches? Seems like it's a lot of people to account for and keep involved in a single cage. Yeah, it is, and especially if you, you know, there was a thing called creative liberty that we would uh, plug in here. In a steel cage match, there are no rules, hypothetically. So having to tag in and out seems a little ludicrous when you look back on it. But it was the only way to control the match a little bit to a degree, having to tag in and out, if that makes any sense at all. Otherwise, you would just have however long it was. If it started into a fight, it would be like after the 
the match beyond started, it would just be a bunch of guys fighting. And that's not, you know, it's hard to build a match. If you start off everybody fighting, you can only sustain that for so long. So I think that was your reasoning behind it. Um, the fact that what time did you say we went in the ring? 11.30? 11.30. Oh, my God. So that was a four-and-a-half-hour match, which is just too long. Unbelievable. Too, too much of a good thing is too much of a good thing, I think. Maybe one of these days we'll figure out the great mystery of September 5th, 1987, and what happened between Philadelphia and Baltimore. Was it the bubble bath? <laughs> the bubble bath conundrum. What went down between those two shows? But they finally made it. And I'm sure it was a bloody battle in a steel cage. So there you go. You guys weren't done, though, because September the same. What do you got, Arn? Go ahead. By the way, a shameless plug here. Mindful Horseman Coffee Mug. Look at kept that. Coming in handy along with these things everybody needs to have. Buddy, the... Oh, yes. The Tumbler. The Four Horseman Tumbler with the it, Arn logo. My God, it will keep ice for two days. What shirt do you have on? I see you got a shirt on there, too. It's about oh, respect. That's it. I love it. And I'm wearing a, I'm wearing an Arn polo today. Okay? I'm, I'm all Arned out, You're man. You're looking if, way too good, I'm telling if you. If I'm on, I'm following with Arn. I'm going to wear Arn, okay? I'm proud to be on the phone. Good Here man. we go. Well, we move on September the 6th, the birthday month of Arn Anderson, and he's headed to Asheville Civic Center. He was still in his 20s, and it was a matinee show. The same day, there was a worldwide taping that aired on September 19th, 1987. So as always, the tapings and the actual days they make TV are a little different. Bob Cottle. I love Bob Cottle. He was the voice of my childhood, man. Me I know they too. say that phrase a lot, but man, he really was. He interviewed you and Tully Blanchard about your hunt for the NWA Tag Team Titles, and we have that clip for you here. Fans here with two of the four horsemen, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. The two, I think that James A. Dillon has got prepared and all ready now for the World Tag Team Championship, Tully. You know, Bob Cottle, Arn and myself, as the rest of the horsemen, are always ready for anything at the drop of a hat. Now, I can think back, they wanted cage matches, so Arn and I, we brought a cage out here so everybody could see it. Here come Ricky Morton, run up here, won't get in somebody's face like this. And what happened to Ricky Morton? What happened to Ricky Morton? He got slapped down, but it was eyeball to eyeball, face to face. Now, not long ago, Arn and I had a wrestling match, showing the people our tag team skills, and why we're the part of the four horsemen. You get to see part of it right here, right, Double A? The end of the match. And who comes running from behind but the world's tag team champions, the Rock and Roll Express, the heart clouds of all women under the age of 12. And here they come. And here they come on to attack us. Ron, they either scared or they're backstabbers, buddy. What it is, Tully, anytime anybody in this business has a problem, the only way you can solve that problem is you've got to identify its source. Then you can attack the problem. Well, as you see, Ricky Morton's got his belt off right here. He came in the ring, jumped us from behind. But they are, they're running scared because you see, Bob Cottle, when you lose a match, when you're in contention for a world championship, you go to the bottom of the ladder. But the bottom line is the horseman always stays the number one contender or the champion because we're the, we're the horseman. Now, Ricky and Robert are running scared. They figure if they can attack us before we come for them, they can eliminate the problem. Go to the source. Find the source and eliminate the problem. Well, Ricky and Robert, remember one thing. 
the only thing we don't own in the whole professional world are those world tag team titles and Wyndham's title. So our problem is you. We've identified the source. We're coming for you. Mm, coming for you. Mm. So, Arn, you guys weren't done with just that awesome promo. Not on this show, not by a long shot. Instead, all the horsemen, all the Kingsmen, Flair, Luger, Arn, and Tully, join forces defeating Kendall Wyndham, the Italian Stallion, Rocky King, and Denny Brown at 7 minutes and 12 seconds when Rocky King submitted to Flair's figure four as Flair held on to Arn's hands for added leverage Interesting late in this bout, Flair threw King over the top rope right in front of referee Tommy Young, but Tommy Young pretended not to have seen it. Tony Schiavone, our hero, points out the King was thrown over the top rope and that the DQ was never called for. Arn, is there an explanation for this? What say you all these years later? Come on. Wrong thing to do. It's just bad. It's just bad. Bad. Well, listen, after the contest, Tony Schiavone conducts an interview with the horsemen and they referenced everyone on their hit list. We're going to pick up the match as it closes as, as well as this interview. So you can see it for yourself. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance, super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance. Simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Take a spring break from house payments at savewithconrad.com. That's right. No house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com. We haven't heard the last of Tully Blanchard with regard to that too. Dang, he caught that foot, but Blanchard nailed him and sang it like a bull. I think he's in the wrong corner. He very smartly backed the top rope right in front of there it was Arn. i am the first to admit we made a lot of mistakes in those days but the problem is is tony also calls out talks about it on, on air 
Yeah. I couldn't see if he, in fact, went over the top rope. Uh, he, well, I, I don't know how he does it. Just for his long yeah. credibility. He, he had to. Taped up from a past injury, and now Flair just continues his assault. I think Flair must have had a brain fart. What yeah. else could it be? And we all, hey, we all made mistakes. That's right. You know? That's right. We really did. I mean, it's, you know, it's as common as, oh, that was terrible. Damn, Rocky dead asked me. I was going to say, I don't know that it was terrible on your part of it. Well, but why would I hit him with why would I hit him with that, which should have been a kill shot? Here's the here's the hands to the hands. Okay. Well, at the least there was a little method to the madness setting up the figure four. But it God, that looked terrible. That was a classic example of both guys aren't on the same page. You can look really bad out there. Here we go. You're gonna join Tony then ringside. Here's the replay. Here's the, oh, we're going to do the. But this speaks to the chaos of these four-on-four matches. Here we go. Let's listen. With James J. Dillon, and here's the world heavyweight champion, Nature Boy Ric Flair. Well, what do you got to say now, huh? Is it Roddy Garvin? Huh? Is this Dusty Rhodes? Is this Nikita? champion and this man here will be the world's heavyweight champion for as long as he can do it. Here's the mastermind right here. I'll tell you what, when all the other names fade, the Barry Windhams, the Road Warriors, the Rock and Roll Express, the Dusty Rhodes, when I ask when they're all retired wrestlers, they don't know who they are, they don't recognize they're saying, did you ever wrestle one of the four horsemen? Because our name will go down in history as the greatest group of wrestlers that there has ever been. How nervous are you guys watching Lex Luger take over that promo? Had to let him run. Yeah. Had point. to let him run. When you got stallions, you got to let them run. And they, when you look like that, if you stumble over a word in that particular era, it wasn't, was it the kiss of death? And I say that because it was one of the first times that I saw him, you know, body language and all step up and want to speak be the voice of the horsemen when they're all normal, you know, when they're all surrounded around him. You know, when you think of you and, and Rick and Tully and how you deliver, he stepped up and wanted to talk on all of your behalf. And that was really kind of that first time I ever saw him have that moment. And, you know, it wasn't by design. It was just some days one of us would take the lead and uh, just run with it. And we would all feel it and just lay out and, and let them run. And it, and it worked. That's what made us great. It was, it was one of those deals that on any, any given day, we could switch it up. Well, buddy, talk about working. You guys weren't done working. After all what we just saw in the ring, the promos, everybody's sweating and, and putting the work in. 
in the dark matches following this television taping. All four of you are in action for the live crowd. You guys weren't just wrestling the carpenters of the business either. Check out this lineup, Arn. You have Nikita Koloff, the TV champion, versus the U.S. champion, Lex Luger. You're going to have the tag team championships on the line, Ricky and Robert against you and Tully. Flair comes back to fight Ron Garvin for the crowd. How much fun were the dark matches when you guys were all able to, to be featured in front of the live audiences and wrestle the biggest names in wrestling? Well, it was better for the crowd than it was for us. These were all in one night. Yes, all Jeez. following that that what we just saw in the ring there. Wow. Um, that must have been a long night. Uh, and you normally wouldn't have that many. We'd usually have one, two at the very most. That sounded like we had three, right? You did. You did. You were all involved. So it must have been just taking care of the town or, you know, and heating the angles up. Whatever the reason, the, the winners and all that are the audience. Mm. For sure. Absol- absolutely, for sure. And uh, and you guys weren't done the next day. As always, you're moving on. It's Wilmington, North Carolina for a big outdoor show. But guess what? It's canceled due to rain. So uh, I would suggest probably not always the smartest to do outdoor shows. This one didn't work out. Uh, the same day, though, it's September 7th. You find yourself working against Barry Windham for that 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 prestigious UWF Western. I'm, I'm going to always say it now. The UWF Western States Championship in Greenville at the Memorial Auditorium. Uh, this one ended in a double countout. Now, Arn, I got to ask, what are your thoughts in general on the use of a countout? We see him lots of times throughout the years, but I want to ask you not only as a wrestler, but to put your producer hat on. And what do you think about the use of the countout for ending matches and storytelling? Flat. A lot of times, if you don't do it the right way, if it's just a situation where one guy's down in the ring and one's down on the floor and he's trying to make it in and he doesn't make it on by the 10 count, then it's flat. But if you've got two guys really fighting on the floor wide open and one tries to get in the ring and gets snatched back off and more fighting occurs and that guy tries to get in the ring and he gets snatched off. As long as it looks like the idea is to not get counted out, sometimes they can be flat. If you got the right guys in there and it's for a championship and certainly you don't want to lose by getting counted out, that can be another, uh, you know, a little subplot that, that makes a count out exciting. Just depends on the execution. Mm. All about execution for sure. Uh, the Greenville card, by the way, was loaded on. And despite being down Tully, the horseman showed out as NWA US champion Lex Luger defeated Nikita Koloff in a Russian chain match. And then you had the NWA title on the line, Flair defeating Ron Garvin in a no DQ match. No managers were allowed ringside for that fight either. So you have back-to-back violent matches. You got the Russian chain match. You have the no DQ match. Uh, Is there something to be said about allowing the crowd to breathe and maybe taking the foot off the gas pedal? And what I mean by that is you have two very similar matches because of the no DQ feature, and I'm sure blood was a part of both. Well, I tell you what is out of the ordinary. You said Luger won that match? That's correct. For a, to be in a, a Russian baby, chain match, yeah, to beat a babyface in his own match, I would have to know the particulars of that to see how that worked out. But that's that doesn't necessarily seem like the right thing to do. Um, 
especially when that is Nikita's bread and butter. Russian chain match sound feels like to me that should always, whether it's Ivan Koloff or or Nikita Koloff, for that matter, they should always win their own match. Well, uh, you move on to September 8th, and uh, you move to the Township Auditorium in Columbia, as well as a show in Amherst, Virginia, featuring Ronnie and Jimmy Garvin defeating the Midnight Express, but by disqualification, thus keeping the titles with the Midnights, and uh, Crockett taped television at the TBS studios on September 9th, and later that day, visited the Miami Beach Convention Center on September 9th. The same day, the UWF in front of, get this, Arn, 500 people in the oh. Lakefront Arena in New Orleans put on a card fe- featuring Sting versus Eddie Gilbert and the return of the Sheep Herders. Arn, 500 people in New Orleans. You worked in the Watts territory before making the jump to NWA. Can you explain why in a Watts stronghold like New Orleans, why do you think the crowd would be so small? Because the company and their territory was on its ass. Yeah. And that's across the board. Um, That's why we could never figure out why Jimmy bought it. What were you buying? Towns were really, you know, if you look across the board and go back and talk about the towns, they were down. They were all down. And uh, in those days, you would have, you know, six or eight or ten-year biorhythms to where the territory would come up, and then it would stay there for a year or two, and then you would have a flat time. You know, in the business, about every 10 years would make a change. And uh, this just happened to be because, you know, when I first started, Bill Watts with the Junkyard Dog was on fire. You know, every place was packed. And it was because Junkyard Dog was on fire. They did not have any guys that were over, you know. Um, people had bailed out. That Some of their stars had bailed out and went to, you know, WWF. Some had came to Jim Crockett Promotions, but it was like a dead issue. And uh, 500 people is very embarrassing. Now, granted, the UNO arena out at the lake was not the best location. It was not the wrestling building. The wrestling building was the building downtown. Uh, And I'm trying to remember the name of it, but the one they ran every Monday. Not the big building, but but the one downtown. And that was where wrestling should have been. Not to say it would have been much better, but it was a pretty good hike out to the lake if you lived, you know, in other areas of New Orleans. So it was recognized as not being the best building. Well, Arn, on uh, September 10th, speaking of buildings, you would visit the New Bern High School. Arn, this is a relatively small venue, and I mean you, I mean Jim Crockett Promotions, and we don't have the opportunity to talk about high school venues often. Do you have any memories you can share with us about these types of venues, any favorites or least favorites, these smaller high school-sized venues? Well, I'll tell you the mindset of the of the crew with Crockett. If it was something that you could drive to from Charlotte and a reasonable drive, sometimes those... Uh, those high schools, when they were full and you had, you know, three or 4,000 people, it was a great element. It was a great crowd. Uh, the acoustics were good. 
And if you didn't have a loaded card, and you usually wouldn't, I wouldn't see Dusty making all those towns or Flair. You know, if you were on top in one of those towns that did 3,000 people, you make a nice payoff and you get to be home that night, which was the key. Well, Arn, uh, you, you move on to uh, a worldwide taping. It's September 12th. Bob Cottles conducting an interview with Telly and you and JJ about the strength of the horseman. And I want us to take a listen to what you and Tully had on your mind this evening. Enforcer Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, James J. Dillon, Tully. He laid it out in plain words, did Nikita Koloff, as far as the horsemen are concerned. Well, you know, Bob Cottle, Nikita Koloff, and all the rest of the wrestling world knows just exactly how the World Television Championship came to be in his hands. And I'm not going to stand up here and say, oh, cry and moan, and the horsemen are going to cry and moan because he hit me with a foreign object. Nikita, all as it is, is you're one up, and that's the way it is. But you know, there's one thing that history has proven. You don't stay one up on the horsemen very long, or especially Tully Blanchard. Go ask the other half of the superpowers, Dusty Rhodes, how many times that he stayed one up on me. I've got more pinfalls on him than anybody in professional wrestling. Nikita Koloff, you sleep with that world's television title. This big boy, it's not going to be around your waist very much longer. Arn. Bob Collis, short and sweet to you, Barry Wyndham. Just remember one thing. This is two of the horsemen that are not in the defense situation. We're on the attack. We're not like Luger and Flair. We don't have to watch our back, watch your every move. We can come after you, Wyndham, with reckless abandon. Remember one thing, Barry Wyndham. The thing that makes the horsemen great is we're four fantastic single wrestlers. Just remember that. I'm coming for you, Wyndham. All right, fans, let's go back to the ring. So we have a lot going on here. We have, you know, you and the Rock and Roll Express, you and Tully and the Rock and Roll Express. Now we're talking about Nikita and Wyndham. Clearly, there's there's many feuds boiling over. To your point earlier, we're the horsemen. Everybody's feuding with the horsemen at this point. And uh, you would have even Shivani and Crockett into the next match, illustrating the importance of all the feuds that are simmering right now. Was it difficult, did you feel, to be involved in so many different angles and moving parts at this time? No, I kept it fresh. On any given night, you could be with a different guy. You just had to keep up with what you had done in the past and what you planned on doing in the future and don't let them step on each other. So to your point, we saw what you just talked about, Nikita and Wyndham. Later in the same show, Bob Cottle brings you back out again. And now you're talking about other talent, other wrestlers, not named Wyndham and Nikita. And I want you to check this out. This is a lot of fun. What is it? What is it? Stand aside, first of all, Bob. In a civilized society, they use a cage for three things. They either lock animals in it, they put criminals in it, or what they do is they settle wrestling matches in it. Now, rock and roll, yes, a lot of people about a cage match, they don't want to know. They don't know and they don't want to know. But yes, and Anderson, especially me, I know about cage matches because last year in Greensboro, I lost my dream because somebody's head was somewhere else. Well, in Greensboro this time or anywhere else, I'm getting a second shot. Some people get one shot at greatness. I'm going to get more than one. And I finally got a partner that I know is thinking business. 
So Ricky Martin, Rock and Roll Express, we're going to settle this thing in a cage. Is that a problem? We don't got to wait to grease, bro. Look at JJ diving in there. <laughs> that was awesome. That was fantastic. Oh, the diving tackle. We need to put that in like the, one of the, the ten greatest clips of all time. Pudding. My goodness, Arm, what'd you think? Well, to, to ref, you know, and the, the 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 good thing about it when they referred back to Greensboro, everybody knew what match they're talking about. That's me, right. Me and Ole in the cage match against rock and roll. We were geared, we were positioned, everything was structured. That was going to be our night. And this is uh, the promo is excellent. You 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 took a little swipe at Ole during the promo. Mm-hmm. You know you had a partner whose head wasn't in the right place. You put over Greensboro the cage, the rock and roll before Ricky confronted you and Tully. It seemed that Morton bled a little bit in this segment, but nothing outlandish. Was there a blood policy for television tapings back then? If you recall, no, okay. not really. Um, it just worked out that it wasn't over as the bad top as it could have been. Yes, that's right. But, man, it had it all. It was so exciting. And then you just throw the icing on the cake, the J.J. Dillon dive. Got to be in the top ten clips of all time. <laughs> that was fantastic. I, I had to watch it over again when I was pulling clips, and I saw, who's the blonde hair guy diving for the – that's J.J. Dillon. Oh, right around the ankle, too. It was yeah. perfect. Oh, fantastic. <sighs> well, next time we see you is on an episode of World Championship Wrestling from September 12th. You're featured in a segment where we see the conclusion of a match between you and Ronnie Garvin. And following the match, the horsemen put the beat down on Garvin and Dusty, who comes out and attacks James J. Dillon on the outside of the ring. Also featured on this episode of World Championship Wrestling is the match between you and Barry Windham for that prestigious UWF Western Stage Heritage Championship 
And we're going to go to that broadcast. It picks up the match with about four minutes remaining. You're shaking your head at me. I love it. I got, I got one request before we move to this match, and I look forward to that. Let's, and we got our production guys can do anything. Let's take that clip of JJ with that tackle and put it at the top of this show. You have to. It's the feature yeah, that's right. of the show. So put it on far. loop. Yes. <laughs> we'll get our uh, we'll get our team on it for sure. That needs to be on every wrestling site on earth. They should just put it where it's like loops. It's, it's him just diving. It's glorious. Yes. Great. Okay. We All can right. move on. Here we go. So this is you, Wyndham, Western States Championship. We're going to pick it up with four minutes remaining in the match. Four minutes. Here we go. He can slow down, back battle, but no. He wants to go after. Iron Anderson, he's one of the four horsemen. Where's he going? He's leaving. Here it goes, Barry. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. Okay, back to the road. Three minutes remain. Three minutes remain in the match. Look at the begging off of Arn Anderson. That's plenty of time for Barry Wendell. The far away on Arn Anderson. One of the four horsemen. Has Johnny Weaver, has Johnny Weaver, Weaver taught him this sleeper? Could be. Dusty Rhodes named it the Weaver Lock, and it's locked in tight. I love how they called the sleeper hole the Weaver Lock. Yeah, way cool. And you got a Hall of Famer in there as a referee. Teddy Long. Teddy Long, baby. Player. Player. Who would have thought at this point he would go on to do what he's done in wrestling? It's incredible. Yep. Two minutes. I love Two Teddy. Minutes remain. Two minutes. He's funny. I just made it. The four horsemen. I'm telling you, you know, David, they always give David Crockett a hard time for being like Captain Obvious of commentating. I loved him as a kid. It's he was just so fun to listen to, so excitable. Well, going back and listening to all this stuff, I have a new appreciation for David. David does chaos really, really oh, good. Yes. Because it comes across as a fan Real. that happens to be an announcer that is involved in chaos. Here we go. Here's the double count. You can tell it's been a rough match. The jersey's out, out of his pants for uh, for Peanut here. <laughs> One minute remaining. I love the I love the minute the remaining count from Tony on the public address system. Yes, all part of the drama. Arn's got to try to win it right now. Arn's going to the top. I never go to the top. <laughs> oh my God. And there's a reason for that. 
And this is probably the reason. This was one of his big moves, his finishing moves. Uh, like I said, Barry Rendon, strong as hell. 15, 14, Look where you rolled. 15, 12, 10, it's called knowing where you're at. In that's the right, buddy. Street smarts. There's his finish. That's got to be it. The lariat clothesline, but the bell rings. We got us a draw. <laughs> he just about did it. He had it where he wanted it. True champion. True champion. He'll hold on to that title, David. But what this was is a classic, wasn't it? By both men. It ain't over. I'm oh. Arn Anderson, he's not done, buddy. Get away from me, Teddy Long. We'll be friends later. It's gore time. I'm counting my own three, and that's my belt. I didn't really mean it. You did it, brother. <laughs> oh, throwing oh, Teddy again. That's not right. Throwing that title. Throwing the sweat on him. Four fingers in the air. Wave him like you just don't care. That's a that bad That looks ass. like Spartanburg. What, what arena is this, you think? Uh, let's see if I have it here. It does look like Spartanburg. I think it is. It's got to be. Oh, Arn. The building was so hot. It's a great sweat. If you wanted to sweat, I just felt bad for the fans. Like wrestling in a sw- in a sauna. Yeah, for sure. So here you go. Barry executes the the for those that can't watch the video the superplex. I mean, my goodness, you, you pin Barry for a three count, which doesn't count. You put the four fingers in the air. You walk out. This is the epitome of what we want from our horsemen, and you delivered it here. Talk about, and you have, you've talked about it a few times. This was like another great match with Barry Windham. Couldn't have a bad match with Barry. There's no way. I mean, he was so good. He just, you know, would just lull you to sleep. You know, you just figured, well, God, you know, and he would make everybody that he was in the ring with much better. So very, very talented. So much respect for Barry. He just, he was just really, really good. Aren't on the same show, a promo with you and Telly Ayers where you guys target the rock and roll, letting them know you guys are coming after them too. And this is exactly what you had to say here, Arn. Man, packed shows. And you got the other cl- other half of the class people in their coats and their ties looking clean, holding up the symbol of success. Well, that's what it's all about. And then you got people at home, Arn and I get letters. Yeah, you talk about doing it, but the rock and roll express is still the world's tag team champion. You know, that kind of bothers me a little bit. I don't know about you. Well, Tony, you know, when you're the champion, you don't have to beat anybody. All you got to do is survive the time limit or get DQ'd so the rock and roll's escape this this long, that way. But the thing is, rock and roll, when you got a big boulder and you want to knock it down, you start chipping away at it. You start chipping and chipping. What we're doing is we're hurting you a little bit along, a little bit along, until we finally get you in that position. Nobody knows more about tag team wrestling than the Horseman or the Anderson. 
So just remember, rock and roll, this time last year, we had you geared, baby. Right here you see a situation, Tony Giovanni, but we got the situation under control. All we're doing is giving Kendall Wyndham just a little verbal lesson, a little uh, visual aid, if you might call it. Now, whether rock and roll saw fit to come in this match, as you see right here, I'll never know. It's against the law. It ought to be a criminal act. Right there, Punky Martin dropped me on my head. And watch what happens. Follow. Now, what do you what do you call that right there, Tony Giovanni? Taking out his belt right now. Oh. Is that for you? Look like a wrestling maneuver. Well, no, no. I'm not taking out the belt. It's no. Illegal. It should be against the law. It should be banned. But the bottom line is, what the rock and roll are are scared. When you got a problem, you identify the source. Once you identify the source, then you can solve the problem. Well, rock and roll, remember one thing. The horsemen don't come out here and put our credibility on the line. Say we're going to do something and not happen. We will be your next world captains. And as I look on this sheet, I see you got a match with myself and Barry Wyndham coming up. That's right. People all across this country, this match would pack any arena. That's but right. you're getting it for a freebie. It's been your pleasure, Tony Giovanni. And I'm going to go take a seat and watch it myself. You know, this thing's really sticking in my crawl to the point if somebody can buy Crockett. I got money. I got all the kind of money we need. If I have to buy a plane ticket for Professor Taru Tanaka from California to get him to Crockett's office, I want all those referees lined up, and I want Professor Tanaka, who has knowledge of the sleeper hole, to show those idiot referees, hey, this is a chokehold. This is sleeper hole. <laughs> let's get it right. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired. There's clip number two of the top ten. All right, so here we got a little bit of information here on this one. So they started this world championship wrestling. This is September the 12th with the back end of that match, okay, where how we just watched it with you winning. Mm-hmm. We go to this promo, and then after this, they're going to air the first 12 minutes of the match with you and Barry. I mean, what are your thoughts on airing two parts of the same match in the same program? Why just not air the entire match? And they showed us the finish before these incredible 12 minutes. Uh, just interesting how they put that uh, all together. I don't know, but I'm more yeah. concerned with Tully having that good-looking sweatshirt horseman <laughs> on and me having the jacket and never getting one dime of marketing money for yeah, any of that. Group. And I love that Carolina blue jacket, man. That is. Do you think sweet. those would have sold back in uh, the day? Well, absolutely. God, we missed the, we missed the boat. Now, as far uh, as breaking the match up the way it was, you. Whew, I don't, don't know. understand that. And you showed the finish before. Then you went and showed the bulk of the match. So, not really sure what happened there. But why are you asking me? I don't know, Arn. It's just I'm just a wrestler. Yeah, right. You, you just put the tights on. You're more than a wrestler. Are you kidding me? We've seen what you can do on the mic. My and goodness. I'm not, not a good one either. Just. Oh, well, oh. stop it. We just saw what you did with Barry Windham. So listen, after this television taping in front of a crowd of 3,725 people, you and Tully main evented the Greensboro Coliseum against two, the Rock and Roll Good Express. Roll. This one ended in a 60-minute Time limit draw. <clears throat> what was it like to wrestle Ricky and Robert for 60 minutes? And how would you guys structure a match like this, knowing rock and roll like the quicker pace? It helped being able to wrestle and chain wrestle and work holds. Wrestling an hour is very difficult 
from a cardio point of view, from a storytelling point of view, and most importantly, it's hard to keep the audience into a match for 60 minutes. Uh, that's where it comes in handy to have some stuff on your tool belt, being able to work body parts, being able to break a match down into three 20-minute segments in your head and realize where you want to go for that 20 minutes and build to the next 20 minutes. And the most important thing of doing a 60-minute time limit draw is for the last three minutes to convince the audience it's not going to be a draw, mm. which means you've got to turn it on. And if you happen to be heels and you happen to be champions, you got to have those baby faces false finishing the shit out of you. Conversely, if you're a babyface champions, you got to have the heels trying to pull out every rotten thing they can think of for that last three minutes if you're going to keep the audience in tune that you're going to have a finish. And then when the time happens to run out, you're right in the middle of whatever your game plan was for that last three minutes. Then you, people are satisfied, they're excited. And they're exhausted because there's not a lot of guys throughout the history of the business that can wrestle 60 minutes. No way. And, uh, you know, so Arn, so you have that, you have that match. It goes to a draw, but you're a young man. As we talked about earlier at this point, you're 28 years old. You're moving on on September the 19th. You're going on to on September the 19th, your last day as a 28 year old, you're going to the Charlotte Coliseum and it's against the rock and roll express. And, uh, this is a taping here, the NWA pro NWA worldwide. This taping would eventually show on television, September 26, but check this out. You have an hour long program. We've got Ricky Morton. He's defeating Tully Blanchard who had JJ in his corner in a death match that went 20 minutes on television. The finish came after both men collided heads and Morton returned to his feet before the standing 10 count. Despite the death match stipulations, there were several near fall via pin attempts during the contest. Immediately after the bout, you ran out to the ring and hit Morton with the gourd buster. Morton was then double teamed by you and Blanchard and repeatedly whipped with the belt until that prestigious UWF Western stage heritage champion, Barry Windham ran out to make the save. We're going to pick this match up at the 18 minute mark. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Arn. Let's check it out. you're 28 years old the last day is to a 28 year old here wow no it's another lifetime this is a death match into the corner death match is basically anything goes okay right yeah, I would assume. I mean, it has to be. I think it's just a, yeah, it's just like a no, a fancy no DQ match. Show. Uh, 
That's classic. That's so good. <laughs> trying to get a dead man back in the ring. There's the knee to the knee to the kidneys. There's that gourd buster. Nice bump. Taking another bump. This should be the, st- the, the the story of the show. Teddy Teddy Long gets beat up. He's a bumping fool. Yeah. You guys are such nasty heels. People Look at are all that trash coming in the yeah. ring. Man. Yeah. Pissed. People are pissed. This is before the NWO days. They love Ricky Morton. Jesus Christ. You can hear girls screaming. Oh, they're they're afraid for it. You know, he's like a, at this point, he's like a 12-year-old kid. You were whipping him with that belt. I mean, he was getting... Your belt. If you remember back to this previous show, he walloped me a couple times with the belt. When Tom Blanchard couldn't do it... So there's a story here. And with the help of J.J. Dillon... Telly Blanchard, they took that belt out and started whipping him. Ricky Morton won the match, a one-fall death match. I think we got a little bit of what happened on tape. Let's take a look at it right now. There's JJ giving birth again. (laughs) There's a good shot of you coming in. That was a nice camera shot. Yeah. What a red hot time. Oh, so good. I bet Arn, that was, it was a tough trip back to the locker room trying to get through that crowd, I'm sure. The crowd, you could hear, like I said, you could hear girls' voices shrilling in the background because of what was happening to Ricky Morton getting hit with that belt. And if that wasn't enough action for the Charlotte crowd, we're in Charlotte. They were treated to two dark matches. The first was Dusty Rhodes and the NWA international tag team champion Road Warriors defeating Lex Luger and yourself in a double bull rope match. Arn, do you have any thoughts on a bull rope match? How about a double bull rope match featuring one of the Road Warriors? Couldn't I just found a building to jump off of? Come on. <laughs> exactly. Bull rope meant there was a cowbell somewhere in the middle of that thing, and it was going to be banging off your head sooner than later. It was not something I look forward to for sure. The uh, the second dark match featured Ric Flair pinning Ron Garvin in a no DQ match. No managers were allowed. He and uh, Rick and Ron are in this are in a vicious feud. We're going to see uh, a change here coming up soon. Also on the 19th, Jim Crockett taped World Championship Wrestling from the Dorton Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina. And on this program, Arn, you and Tully took on rock and roll once again for the tag team titles. This was billed as a no disqualification match. The go This match went back and forth for 24 minutes. You and Tully gained the advantage when Gibson goes over the top rope. The beatdown on Gibson would continue for several minutes. Now it's his turn until Robert finally made the hot tag to Ricky Morton. And we're going to go to the closing moments of this one. Here we go. When you guys put in a hard day's worth of work, you guys put in a hard day's work worth of work back in these days. 
Holy shit. And loved every minute of it. Dreaded JJ Shoe. Wow. Oh, Earl. Stooge. Yep. Come on, Earl. Don't stooge it off. What is this? Is a Dusty Rhodes booking. Continue the match. Continue That's right. The match. I smell a fish somewhere. The match continues as Earl Hebner held out Tommy Earl. Earl Hebner. Blanchard, Martin, down on the floor. Damn, Earl. Anderson, Gibson. Earl's been a part of so many, so much classic wrestling. Mm. Earl's good man. He's a good friend. you and Gibson. If you notice, there's nothing but concrete. Nothing. Nothing but you're right. There are no mats, no floors. That floor was No padded walls to fall into. No. They've lost all control of this match. Not much of a, a barricade to get back through to the locker room, which you never see. But look at that. I mean, there's... Somebody wants to stick out step out and stick yeah. a knife in you they could there's yeah. nothing holding them back and it's dark so that's chaos that that's kind of cool not being able to see can yeah you just, just look you can see when yeah when they when they take pictures you can see the flash come on and you guys are still fighting thank god there's cops Listen to the crowd. I know. Just a steady roar. Because Arnett felt like a, it was a real brawl. Yeah, it was a level was, of realism that can't be duplicated with all the music and flashlight, the lights and chaos. Yeah. We're going to see the shoe come off. Tommy Young right now. He was licked in the eyes. JJ with the most dangerous loafers in all of professional wrestling never fails to pop me. And they didn't even have a penny in them. Just no penny loafers. loafers. Yes. <laughs> you have a little bit of that dusty finish there with the restart. This is a, here we go. They cannot beat us. Try to lose your shoe, but it don't work. I'm talking about, brother, if you want the Rock and Roll Express, it's going to take more than all four you put together. We are here. We are the world champions, and we're gonna stay that way. We don't care. You showed us. You showed us everything that you had, but you could not beat the Rock and Roll Express. Right now, baby, the people stand behind us, and we stand for you. 
for you. Come on, baby. You see us right now. We're hot and we're tired, but we're still thinking to you. Right now. Right now, it shows you the fourth quarter, baby. And the fourth quarter is what's happening. We are here. And rock and roll is forever. And we still are the champions. Woo! You can feel the heat of the NWA. See you next week. Thank you, Tony Schiavone. You can feel the heat. Listen, mm. that was, but now listen, that was supposed to be a no DQ match. So the fact that they had to restart the match, anyway, it is what it is. It was entertaining as hell and another J.J. Dillon classic moment on this week's episode, which we've seen a few of. Even though it's your job to be a prognosticator <laughs> and sort through all these mistakes, <laughs> you're going to have to let this shit go or you're going to have a heart attack. I'm good. Hey, this is all history. But as I watch back now, you know, and it, man, wrestling Twitter would have had a meltdown at some of that. But this is fantastic. This is the storylines I grew up and loved. But I want to get to this as we're starting to wrap up this week's episode on September. An extremely important show, Arn. It's September 25th, Detroit, Michigan. It's Joe Louis Arena. Early in the night, the Horsemen, you, Tully, and Lex took on Dusty and the Road Warriors inside a steel cage as part of a double main event. The Horsemen lost this one, and unfortunately for the Horsemen, things didn't get better because in the main event, the Nature Boy Ric Flair lost his NWA world title when Ronnie Garvin finally beat him with a sunset flip off the top rope. This match was also inside that steel cage. And uh, after the bout, Dusty Rhodes, and you had Barry Windham and Nikita and Sting and Ricky and Robert, everybody comes in to celebrate with Garvin. David Crockett conducts an in-ring interview with Garvin. And my goodness, we have a brand new world's champion holding that big gold belt, Ron Garvin. What do you remember about that moment, that switch? He earned it. He got over first, and then, you know, sometimes the mistake has been over the years, different companies, you you put a, the world title on a guy hoping he'll get over, which is bass backwards. You wait till a guy gets over, and then you make him a champion. And that's what we did with Ronnie, and he is as credible, and I will go on record as saying had a lot of 20-minute matches with Ronnie. He was as credible and believable in that ring as anybody. And it was just slug it out, swap holes, chain wrestling, wrestler. He wasn't a, a big high-spot guy. That sunset flip off the top is probably the one of the highest-flying things that he ever did. And he won the world title with it. So he was very credible as a champion. And you can never take that away from him. He was the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion and will forever stand the test of time. Sure. That next that next uh, day on World Championship Wrestling on September 26th, you took on Art Pritz, beating him with the Gourd Buster in short order. Following the match, he had a few things to say. And after his uh, enhancement match, Tully cuts a promo at the desk where he is interrupted by Jim Crockett. And you're a part of this interview, and I want to take, take, uh, take us there so we can listen to it. It's our last clip of the week. It's you, Tully, when Jim Crockett decides to interrupt. Okay, fans, there it is, the symbol of the four horsemen. Tully Blanchard, the winner of the event with a slingshot duplex over the menace. And earlier we had seen Arn Anderson. And Arn Anderson came out with that gourd buster and won his match. As we said before, the four horsemen are still together. And Tully Blanchard with another great win right here on the Superstation. You know, Tony Schiavone, I was listening earlier on the monitor. Ricky Morton, I want, I want, I want people with belts around the ring 
beat you up. Ricky Morton is 1987. It's not going to happen. I'm the ultimate wrestler. You want to wrestle me? Anytime, anyplace. But you got to remember, that was done not personally. Excuse me, Mr. Jim Crockett is out here. Mr. Crockett? What, do you got another check to cancel or something? Uh, no check to cancel. I got a proverbial good news and bad news for you. The good news is on October the 18th, the fans in the Omni will get to see Tully Blanchard wrestle. Okay. The bad news for Tully Blanchard, it will be in a lumberjack, and the lumberjack will have belts. Well, that really is what Ricky Morton was talking. He said that the lumberjacks at the Omni on the 18th will have belts around the ring when you go up against uh, Ricky, I guess. Can you believe that? Belts! The leather straps. What happened to wrestling? Wrestling's on the marquee. Says nothing about lumberjack matches. Mr. Crockett! Cancel chicks! Dusty Rhodes! Money above! It all fits together now! Let's please take the horseman down! They're getting too big for their britches, huh? Well, that's fine! You want lumberjacks? Bring belts! Mr. Crockett, you be one of the lumberjacks! You come down there with a big belt! Because I'm gonna throw Ricky Morton right in your lap! And the one thing you don't think about, Ricky Morton, the lumberjack belt match. Everybody in the store ring gets ripped like I just did to you on national television. Ripped it like you were a little boy. Now, Ricky Morton, you think about it. Because when it's all over in the Omni or any place else, I'm going to whip you. Orange going to be whipping you. He'll be out there with a belt. And we're going to take you down, and then the championships are ours. Been your pleasure, as usual. We're coming right back. Oh, love that line. It's been your pleasure, as usual. It says wrestling on the marquee. I love that line too, Arn. That could work for so so much during today's era. It says wrestling on the marquee. Well, for that time, that's exactly what it was. And Jim Crockett came down and made a uh, basically a statement of what the match was going to be. And if you didn't put it over, if it didn't act like it bothered you, then what was the need to do it? That was the reason for selling it, making it a big deal, you know, getting a little nervous about it. And uh, that's the way he conducted business. I mean, he was the the owner of the company. It had to have iron in his words. Well, Arn, September 28th, we're at the end of the month from the Memorial Stadium in Greensville, South, Greenville, South Carolina. You took on NWA world champion Ron Garvin in a losing effort. You've mentioned the toughness and pace that Garvin wrestled with in the past. In your opinion, in 1987, when he's the champion, was Ronnie at the top of his game, or was there a time he would have even been more difficult to handle? No, I think he was. I mean, when you have a big win like that to hang your hat on, and his work was never better, you know, he was in great shape. I think that if you go back and ask him, that was probably the pinnacle of his career. Well, Arn, that's going to wrap up our look back at September 1987. And as you would say, it's been my pleasure uh, to be a part of this with you. I got to be honest, though, man, I can't wait whether it's you and Conrad, you and myself will see. But I can't wait because next week's show, it's October 1987. It's the month the horsemen kill rock and roll. Right. We're going to talk about that soon, man. It's going to happen. So, Arn, talk about WrestleCon March 31st through April 2nd. That's where we can find you, right? Yep. It's going to be a huge show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Going to be probably over 100 talent, you know, and it gives me an opportunity to 
thank all the fans for uh, affording me the career that they have and making all these things possible. So it's going to be a blast um, there all three days. Can't wait to see everybody and shake some hands and take some pictures. People from all around the world are coming. It's going to be a hell of an event. I'm so looking forward to it. Man, if you're a fan of Arn Anderson, if you're a fan of the work that he's done over the years, I'm telling you, this is a great opportunity to take advantage and meet him, say hi, shake his hand, take some pictures. He's a great guy to meet in person, and it's all happening at WrestleCon March 31st through the April 2nd through April 2nd. Get your tickets now. Be a part of it. It's going to be a big-time event. I know Conrad's going to be there and a lot of the ad-free shows guys as well. So make sure you do everything you can to be a part of that massive event there at WrestleCon. And check us out over at adfreeshows.com. That's where you're going to get all that bonus content. Uh, Arn and I sit down monthly. Sometimes Arn does Zoom events with the fans and answers their, their questions. All kinds of great stuff happening over there. Conrad just continues to grow that world and the content and add new hosts as well. So we're really excited about that. And you get all your shows early, ad-free, and on video where you get to watch J.J. Dillon scooting all over the place, flying all over the floor, breaking out his loafers. Right, Arn? Awesome. <laughs> ankle trip. There ankle, you go. Ankle pick. Ankle awesome. picks, ankle trips, all of it. We want to thank you all for joining us this week. Tell your friends to hit the like and subscribe button, and we'll see you again next week right here on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.